we're gathered here today because I'm trying to cancel the Telegraph subscription free trial that I have because every two minutes they're emailing me with articles I am not interested in and could not give less of a shit about. So I'm on the website currently. We'll do this together. It says, are you sure you want to leave us? Yes, I'm very sure. Thank you, Mr. Telegraph. Um, they asked me why. Um, first one is I'm not getting enough value from my subscription, which I got it for free, so I don't know how much value it's supposed to have, but okay. It's too expensive. Yeah, for free. Yeah, it's too expensive. I think I'm going to click the... Um, I don't like some of the editorial button just because I'm feeling a bit sassy. Okay, so now it's telling me, oh my God, there's a whole table of things I can have, but once I cancel, I can't... What? A, oh, a bonus subscription to share with friends or family. I can't have that afterwards. Oh no, actually, maybe I'll keep it because it says access to one puzzle. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, this is very confusing. At the bottom, it's, there's one button and it says, keep my subscription. Oh, where's the... No, continue to cancel. There's a, they're giving me a final offer, £1 per month for three months. Are you sure you want to cancel? It says, you'll no longer enjoy unlimited access to our journalism on our website and app. Is it journalism um, or is it hatred? Right. Cancel my subscription. However, I can still enjoy my subscriber access until the 7th of March. So we've got... Um, oh, and I've got an email saying it's cancelled, everyone. Yay. That is a disgrace. You're reassured, I'm reassured. Not another Mistakes one. were made. Peppa Pig world. Thinks he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The truth is he's Jabba the Hutt. He lived rent-free in his head. Tofu eating, woke karate. Order! Order! Hello, welcome to Daily Politics. I'm Adam. I'm here today with Emily. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and best friend of the show. I'm not Bailey's back. I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. Oh. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, think, I, think I changed my mind. <laughs> were you uh, going to do it for the whole pod? Yeah. Emily is Scottish <laughs> no. this week. Um, so this week we're going to talk about um, Kia um, and the Labour Party and the, what's going on there. Northern Ireland Protocol. And then we're going to talk about Biden having a little holiday into Kiev. And then we're going to talk about Nicola Sturgeon because it happened oh, Adam's halfway done the through. Uh, <laughs> it happened halfway through last week's show. And we wanted to give it some proper analysis. And then at the end of today's show, we're going to play a game. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Well, you have to listen to the whole pod Ooh. to find out. It's to do with the Telegraph, though. Oh, I thought you weren't going to tell me what it was, and I was like, I already know. <laughs> you do know what it is. Uh, we've I we've don't. discussed it. Yeah, you don't. It's a surprise for Bailey. You can hear the reactions Ooh. live. But um, yeah, I'm before like we get started, How's everyone doing? How's how's term going so far? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I I had a lab this morning and like it wasn't the content that was the most difficult bit. It was just the realization that like, ugh, numbers, numbers, yeah. man. And also like I don't know about you guys, but like I don't have a lot of course friends, so I was just like sat there and I feel like everyone knows each other. Emily is my only course friend. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you and we don't even do the same course. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, okay, I'm like kind of here now. Yeah. And like I kind of just like powered through it, but it's just like yeah. I'm just tired already. Yeah. It was a, it wasn't even a nine fifteen. We had an online lecture this morning and it was um not the vibe interminable. <laughs> my laptop. Oh, this was so good. My laptop crashed halfway through. He was oh asking no. us to feedback what we discussed and, and Adam break was our feeding rooms. back and, and we were feeding back, but we don't know stopped. when my laptop crashed. I was talking for about ten minutes and we don't know when my laptop <laughs> crashed. We don't know how much they heard. All we heard was on Emily's laptop, Peter saying something about um like 
like moving on from me. We had no idea when when that happened. Uh, is so this good podcasting? <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> um, anyway, right but to the actual to the actual show. I just you know people like the bit. Oh, I'm fine for everyone that's yeah, asking. I was say like <laughs> we forgot to ask Emily. How's are you Emily okay? Um, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> We're doing politics. Well. politics. <laughs> uh, so what's happening in the UK this week? So Keir Starmer has said. Uh, in answer to a journalist question, that Corbyn would not be allowed to stand as a Labour MP in the next election, stating we're not going back. Corbyn was kicked out of the Labour Party of anti-Semitism allegations in 2020. He was obviously former leader of the Labour Party, led them into the last two elections with them in 2017 and 2019. Stam was speaking at the equali- as the Equality and Human Rights Commission, EHRC, lifted the party out of special measures over anti-Semitism. Before we get to the specific, we're going to talk about the anti- actual anti-Semitism ag- allegations because I think uh, lots of people don't really know what that is. They just kind of associate the star, um, Corbyn sorry, with anti-Semitism and don't really understand what the problem was. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we get to that, initial hot takes on not allowing him to stand. I mean, it's all about Keir Starmer steering karma <laughs> the direction of the Labour so Party. So be a karma, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I that. personally think that that should have been his slogan from the beginning. Like, so be a karma. Like the... <laughs> no. <laughs> No, the, the, his whole like jig is like the fact that he's the sensible adult in the room, even mm-hmm. though he's been in politics since like what twenty. I thought that was Jeremy Hunt. And <laughs> no, that's like, that's the house down the road. Oh, sorry, <laughs> um, sorry. Another house. Um, <laughs> but it's like I think you know you just swap it around. Steer karma. It's good. Starmer. I like it. You know what? Start we should really we should quickly. be on the Labour Party campaigning team. Maybe that should be my placement. No, you don't need a placement. <laughs> I do. So be a karma if you're listening. <laughs> be a karma. Please give only a placement. Um, right. So on the anti-Semitism allegation, this um, Human Rights Commission found that uh, in 2020, I think the report came out that. This is their quote. Our investigation has identified serious failings in leadership and an inadequate process for handling anti-Semitism complaints across the Labour Party. And we have identified multiple failures in the systems and it it uses to resolve them. We have concluded that there were unlawful acts of harassment and discrimination for which the Labour Party is responsible. Now, that all sounds bad. It gets worse. Um, (laughs) We found evidence of political (laughs) interference in the handling of anti-Semitism complaints throughout the period of the investigation. We have concluded that this practice of political interference was unlawful. The evidence shows that the staff from the leader of the opposition's office, so that's Jeremy Corbyn's office, were able to influence decisions on complaints, especially decisions on whether to suspend someone. Um, within Within the sample of 70 complaint files, we found 23 instances of political interference by LOTO, which is Leader of the Opposition's office, mm-hmm. staff and others. These included clear examples of interference at various stages throughout the complaint handling process, including in decisions on whether to investigate and whether to suspend. So what they're saying here is Jeremy Corbyn's office was directly responsible and had a say in who, whether MPs were fired and whether um, staff members in the Labour Party were fired um, over anti-Semitism allegations. And it doesn't directly say Corbyn himself was doing it, mm. but he that's his office. It's his it's, people. It's, it's unfathomable that he didn't know yeah. this was happening and didn't have control over it. Yeah. And I think ultimately for me, it doesn't matter if he himself is an anti-Semite the fact that he's enabled it yeah. and he's allowed it to perpetuate within the Labour Party is the problem. Yeah. And the fact, and I completely support Keir Starmer in saying he shouldn't be allowed to be a part of the Labour Party, but he shouldn't be allowed to run in the Labour Party mm-hmm. and be a Labour candidate in the next yeah, election. Even, even all this aside, like Jeremy Corbyn got kicked out of the Labour Party. Why? 
it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what for but obviously it does but in terms of what i'm trying to say is like he's been kicked out so why would he be allowed to stand for mm. a labor candidate when he's been kicked out because he was initially question? suspended when this report came out. So this is the report that came out in 2020. This is the readings from it. Um, and this is why he was suspended. And I think they're asking him because there's probably an election coming up. Well, there definitely has to be within the, ne within the next two years. Um, but there's potential for an election this year. And they're just asking because it's the, obviously it's the former leader of the opposition who's no longer a member of the party. And they're asking to, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that they're, and they're wondering if whether or not Keir will bring Corbyn back in. Um, on these complaints, um, it is quite dramatic. It I is think, quite to go dramatic, from leader yeah. and then not in the party. Yeah. But I think it's important to know that the reason he was suspended was because his reaction to yeah. the EHRC thing as well. So it's not necessarily the EHRC basically going, "You need to leave the party because of what you did as leader." Yeah. They are saying you need, or Keir Starmer is saying you need to leave because of your reaction to it. And I think that's perfectly valid. No, completely. I also think that should go further and be like, well, if his constituents still want to support him in the work he does, because as someone that you know is sympathetic to that idea and who thinks that, yes, some of his policies would have been really nice, you know, something to do with like no, a I bit of help on the maintenance loans, that, would, that wouldn't go missed. I quite like the manifesto. I don't think he has a place in the Labour Party no. anymore. And no. if he the Labour Party one. want to win... It makes absolutely zero sense. The entire Labour Party needs to move away from Corbyn. Yeah, it would yeah. be such an own goal if if they've so they've just the Labour Party is now out of special measures to help them mm. handle anti-Semitism. So basically, they're not anti-Semitic as a party yeah. on the large scale they they were anymore. And he goes, "Yep, right back in." The guy who allowed this it culture to like perpetuate. It, it's it's it would an obvious unnecessary drama that the Labour Party just don't need. Exactly. And then there's the the narrative coming out of this is. Um, that Corbyn has called this an attack on democracy. He said the Labour has the right... Um, um, so, so Corbyn's called... Sorry, I've got my notes confused here. Corbyn has called this an attack on democracy, and I've written the Labour Party has the right to remove any MP um, from the yeah. whip because that's what parties do. Surely like, that's it's not what democracy if, if you're just allowed... Like, if exactly. Should just and be also, part of the, the argument, party. he hasn't been kicked out as an MP. He's still an independent MP in yeah. the House of Commons. And the democracy argument would be if they didn't allow him to run. He can yeah. still run. Mm. He just can't run as a member of the Labour Party. And he might win enough people in... Is it, is it in North, his constituency? Yeah. He might win enough people and then become an MP again. That's that's democracy. I mean, um, that's our version of democracy. Am I wrong in saying he has been independent before? Yeah. So he's, he's he's not totally he wasn't then maybe the Labour for quite a while. I mean, like it must think. suck, you know, being like the boss and then not being let in the house. But, but when I you're mean, in when that he's position, yeah, and allowing it's, this, it's a yeah. very controversial issue whether or not you think he's an anti-Semite, whether or not you think he's not. The issue is that the issue, whether or not you do think it's exaggerated or not, was an issue that was prevalent. And it is an issue that has kind of plagued the Labour Party for mm. a while. To allow it to get to that point, to not be able to denounce it unequivocally, you know, like recognise anti-Semitism as the issue that it is. I think Angela Rayner said that it's a blind spot for Corbyn because when, I mean, it was the statement he was giving, he was like, anti-Semitism and all forms of racism. No, yeah. stop at the anti-Semitism, recognise the, the unique history, problem. the unique yep. prejudice, yeah. the unique issue that you have. There wasn't, an a, there wasn't a xenophobia problem, there wasn't a anti-black problem within the party, it was an anti-Semitism. And I think for that reason, if Keir Starmer wants to win, yeah. can't do it. No. And yeah. I mean, I mean, he, I, I just—it's a losing game to put him back in. So yeah. he can't be. Let and I just in. think on the on like it, it's like again uh, my point I said earlier of just like it, 
doesn't matter ultimately if he's anti-Semitic or not. Obviously, it's very, yeah. very problematic if he is. But the fact that he allowed it to perpetuate and mm. was directly involved, you know, even if we can't say that he was directly involved in it because we, we don't know, but it was his office and that's quite a small team of people. And if he doesn't have any idea what people in his office are doing and yeah. can stopping 23 of these instances of 70 complaint files where the his office had influence over whether or not people were hired and fired because of anti-Semitism allegations, that is blatant I think corruption. I think also it's quite interesting that like we're even kind of debating whether he should take responsibility for his staff. Yeah, completely. Because I think like with like Boris Johnson especially, yeah. like this is a few years ago, this would have been a no-brainer. Of course you take responsibility yeah. for what the people <laughs> you uh, who are working for you do. Like that's just that's just politics. Like whereas we've had Boris Johnson and the whole like Dominic Cummings thing like and Liz Truss and blah blah blah. They've all just gone. Well, it wasn't me, so why should I do something about yeah. it? And I think that yeah, Jeremy Corbyn should have to. He should take the responsibility for his staff and just go no, away. He hasn't I mean, done. He's calling if, it an attack but, on democracy. But no politicians are doing that anymore, and that's the problem. That's mm. the like rut we're yeah. in. If we look at it in terms of party, I think like we all are more left leaning. We're less sympathetic to the Conservative Party. If you look at how the Conservative Party handles. Islamophobia and those issues within their party. I mean, it wouldn't be amiss to say that they handle it as badly as yeah. the anti-Semitism yeah. problem. No, for and sure. it's not as discussed, but I think we'd all be in agreement to say, oh, well, if Boris Johnson's office, or, or I completely forgot, I thought, I thought Boris was prime minister again. <laughs> 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 if Rishi, Rishi Sunak's Sunak, office, yeah. like if it had the exact same issue we'd all be here going like oh they shouldn't it do it and the whole party gate scandal yeah. was his staff were yeah. having parties in he his house gone, and we were like, like he clearly knew about and it and he didn't even go for that he went for chris pincher who was one guy who ultimately boris had to take the fall for because he knew what he was doing when he appointed him yeah pincher by name pincher by name. Yeah. but then but then jeremy corbyn clearly has known that there was anti-semitism going on in his office and so, like, yeah, you can compare these two. So, people yeah, were complaining about anti-Semitism, and the complaints were going up to the top of the Labour Party, and he was and his office were directly, you know, interfering with them. We don't know what interfering means necessarily, but it, you know, it implies like that he was stopping people getting fired for anti-Semitism because they were his mates, and like that is awful. <laughs> like, uh, there's no other way of putting yeah. it. Like, you can agree, and I think that this debate in the media has become very much like, oh, it's centre left versus. Kind of really, really Us radical left them. wing, and it's very much like, oh, he's kicking out the socialists and stuff. And you know, I am a card carrying member of the Labour Party. I am yet to see this card. The card yeah. will come out <laughs> at some point. I am a socialist as well. I am more centre. I'm more left than I think the Labour Party are at the moment. Doesn't mean it, this is not a war about that. It's about Jeremy Corbyn being an anti-Semitic enabler and Keir Starmer trying to root that out of the party yeah. as best he can. And he's done a good job of that. That yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. I don't agree with Starmer. And if honest, I probably agree with more things in Corbyn's manifesto than I probably will agree with the, the next Labour manifesto. Yeah. But that doesn't make it okay that he was enabling anti-Semitism and allowing it to perpetuate within the party. I think we can do two things at once here. We can yeah. be left-wing, we can be socialist, but not anti-Semitic. And the, 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 the yeah. debate that's come out of this about how, oh, he's kicking out the left-wing people, we need to make a new party, and Momentum are, uh, uh, Momentum are um, kind of a prominent group within the Labour Party, kind of very, very left-wing. They're the reason that Jeremy Corbyn ever became, um, prim not Prime Minister, sorry, leader of the opposition, because they kind of supported him massively. Mm. Um, and they, they 
they're not sure whether or not to support him in his re-election as an independent MP. And these groups are kind of making it all about, oh, it's the left fighting amongst themselves. But actually, yeah. it's not about the ideology at this point. It's about well, it's about the ideo- ideology of yeah. hatred and anti-Semitism, I, which needs to be rooted out as much as possible. I also think, taking a step back, there needs to be a time to be able to put this issue to bed. Yeah. And I don't think that it would be of any benefit for any member of the Labour Party... That includes the socialist campaign groups like Diane Abbott, especially, like, and the attacks that they have made against Keir Starmer and everything are valid, but just don't. I don't see the point in putting your head out for Jeremy Corbyn. No, just no. get just rid of him. Just like because you can support the off. policies, but not the man. I s- don't support Goodbye, the man. Jeremy. I do not like Jeremy You're Corbyn done. at all. But I like the nationalisation of the railway. You know, I support that. I think we should tax the wealthy much, much more. I agree with all these things. I even it's advocate an opinion for show. A, I <laughs> yeah. advocate for a universal basic income. But I just do not. Doesn't mean we have to blindly support this man. This cult of personality that's been built around him is very, very similar to the cult of personality that's built up Boris Johnson. That he can do no wrong, and it's just it's so upsetting because these people are yeah. right on so many issues in my opinion the people who support him but they just blind to the fact that he's also a massive problem and, the, and the society he as creates well. but he has produced one of my favorite videos which is him trying to high five oh, Emily Thornberry so and then whacking her in the boob it's so good like <laughs> it is top tip uh, to be fair um anyone got any other kind of final points on this before we move on to northern I mean, ireland i am not going to stick my head out for jeremy corbyn but what i will but say <gasps> but 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 but, but he hasn't just been in politics for the last five years. And I would compare him to Bernie Sanders in a lot of his work previously. Yeah. And there's a reason why he has stayed elected by his people. And I don't want to crucify anyone. Like, I, I personally, I think I'm not defending Jeremy Corbyn or anything, especially with the anti-Semitism problem. But I do think that he, he just needs to leave and he just needs to be left alone yeah. because... Yep. I just don't see the point in there was an interview the other day where he literally was just being pushed into a corner and asked, Oh, are you sure like psychologically you're just blind to the fact that you're a huge anti Semite and we'll keep pondering this and everything and I think there's an element that he could have a legacy and that is bringing socialism um and young people back into politics. But but I needs really to be just don't to like well, him. It's depressing I find that he is the one to bring young people into politics like because just get rid of him, like uh, just. I mean, Mr. Integrity, right? He, the whole that uh, I get so riled up about this because I find it so frustrating. Because I, I love the ideas, I love the the kind of society that socialism would allow us to create. I am a, a big card carrying socialist. Like I, that's how I. It's a big card now. It's grown. <laughs> the card is growing, like the welfare state should. Um, sorry, that was a joke. Was that a joke? Yeah, it's a laugh track. You can't hear it, oh. but. Um, but sure. If that's what jokes are, the then <laughs> I don't know what I've been doing <laughs> the past few weeks. But everyone being so wedded to Jeremy Corbyn that they'll be willing to drop the only party that ha- got a shot and got a chance of getting us to that place and the ideas that can get us there is the this is the problem. The fact that he's the he's Mr. Integrity and he's calling this an attack on democracy. It isn't. Mm. He enabled anti-Semitism, didn't do anything about it, hasn't taken responsibility for it. He wasn't he didn't even resign for it. He was kicked out of the Labour Party. And by the new leader who was trying to outroot the anti-Semitism that he allowed to fester. He yeah. removed the mould and Jeremy Corbyn's like, you're attacking my democracy. It's yeah. just, I cannot, have, I don't have any but space for that man. I have loads of space no. for the ideas. I have loads of uh, time for, for the kind of society. I agree with lots of his ideas on that. But he 
enabled an evil inside the Labour Party, yeah. which we just cannot forgive. And he yeah. needs to get out of politics as like fast as possible. Like there's 67 million people in this country, just find someone else. Yeah. But also, <laughs> is it that difficult really? Maybe not anyone else. <laughs> yeah, there are a few people I wouldn't want. But like, but also I don't think, this might be my hot take, I don't think that this country are ever going to vote for a like th- that left-wing no, government. No, they're not. So I feel like the Labour Party also just generally needs to move a bit more central d- with Keir Starmer. Yeah. And I think getting rid of Jeremy Corbyn, like just kind of decluttering, <laughs> is that a nice thing? <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with it. Declutter Jeremy Corbyn and just like start afresh and just try and like get rid of the old it's the old ghosts in the... Yeah, it's I think one of those things, and this could maybe be a segue onto... Nicola Sturgeon, but I think it's We're definitely doing that. That's the second part of the podcast. Yeah, study yourself. Well, I think this is something that I definitely praise her for, and I think it's she kind of knows that the roads to independence, mm. the ones that she could have foreseen and could have taken Scotland down, mm. they are closed to her now, yep. and she yeah. has realised that the way that she could do it, the way that she could lead the party, is not going to win that, and she has decided. Mm. To step down, she's decided to have a nice can of iron brew, nice haggis, You've and just watch it on the telly instead. You're spoiling the next part, right? <laughs> Listeners, I'm, pretend I'm you haven't heard that. It's going to be a surprise. We'll tell you in a minute. I'm trying to have a comparison. Mm. I think there needs to be this recognition in politics that leaving politics, yeah. when it's the right time, mm. is a success. Yeah. Like, rather than just clinging. Yeah. On. And and stop like kicking the can down like the road. The, for the difference between the integrity of like, I'm burnt out from Jacinda Ardern stepping down because she's yeah. done a great job. Yeah, and um, Boris and leaving then in this massive and shit store. Boris leaving, also yeah. Jeremy Corbyn going, oh, you're attacking my democracy because I failed to get rid of anti-Semitism yeah, in the party. Yeah. Just like it's, it's a bit embarrassing. It's like a toddler's kind of Honestly, tantrum. Like, yeah, I don't want to go. Like we, you know, Mum, let I me stay in the park. It's like, no, go, go away. The same mind virus that makes Boris Johnson <laughs> think that he's the greatest human being and is infallible, it fe- infects Jeremy Corbyn and left-wing politicians too. And I think there's also yeah. a certain amount of it affected it's Blair like as well. It's so like politicians an ego isn't it exactly it's just it's just power isn't it but we need to talk about northern ireland because there's a problem oh Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, uh uh-oh right i've put in my notes here explain background and difficulty with northern ireland and good friday agreement (laughs) so just appreciate (laughs) Um, the segue the the whole section uh we must now all of us explain this could be the the history of northern ireland we're not going to do that but we are briefly going to explain is it a bit of brexit we know i think everyone listening to this pod knows the troubles existing between separatists in ireland wanting to unite northern ireland with ireland and people wanting to unite northern ireland with the uk so there was a good friday agreement agreed by started with john major ended with tony blair which kind of 25 years i think this year and next month i think they celebrate 25 years of this peace being created right (laughs) brexit it causes a bit of an issue here because I think it's causing more than a bit of an yes, issue with everything. Like there's no tomatoes. No, there's anymore. It's, it's going very, very badly. So basically, if you want to leave the European Union, just to lay out the facts here, which we want happening during the Brexit debate, if you want to leave the European Union and leave the single market, they are going to. Ha- there's going to have to be a hard border somewhere. It either goes across between Ireland and Northern Ireland, mm. or in the sea between Northern Ireland and the UK. That is a huge problem for the Good Friday Agreement. A hard border is where you have to get your passports checked, your customs checked if you're crossing the border. Because if we're not in the single market, our goods will be at a different standard to the EU's one. So they're not just going to let our shit in in the same way that we don't let American shit in without checking it first. In the same way. It's it's just how international trade works. There cannot be a hard border between Northern Ireland and this 
trouble. That cannot be because and it will just reignite the same is, fire that yeah. was causing this the troubles. This is, I think, quite an important issue because I think this is a testament to the importance of democracy and also how we, as a country, look at each other and look at ourselves as a country and as a nation rather than just like, oh, how can I like vote for this, like the best thing for me? Because to create more tension in Ireland and Northern Ireland, that I think is absolutely abhorrent. And the fact that Brexit, from the very beginning, you can see these issues happening and it was very, very much pushed to the side. It's an, it's an issue yeah. of like the fact that Brexit, like just how Brexit was campaigned and talked about. The fact that we're now at this position, and this could all be solved by tomorrow, uh, the day after we're recording it. Rishi Sunak could, yeah, it be could be solved, but will it? No. It's like just I, I feel a little bit helpless as someone that isn't at all Irish in any sense because I just think like it's a complete ignorance of the issue. And if you look at uh, Northern Ireland, there is currently, I think, a weakness of Rishi Sunak's leadership in the fact that he also is unable to engage with the DUP and the powers of the Stormont government because power sharing, how it works in Northern Ireland is very different to in the UK because of the Good Friday Agreement. It's not working at the moment. They don't have working legislation and legislative properties. But Rishi Sunak isn't able to engage with the DUP or anyone because he doesn't have the political capital or the power to be able to satisfy their demands because DUP, they do not want a hard border between the UK terms of like Wales, England and Scotland and Northern Ireland. Whereas, of course, any normal sane person would be like, I'd much rather prefer that. But, of course, it's politics. So mm. just to talk about the actual solution that we have so far, because we obviously have left the EU. So with the basically the hard border now exists in the sea between the UK and the EU, although we're not allowed to call it that, but that's effectively what it is. Things have to go through certain customs checks between trade between the UK and um, uh, Ireland. Northern Ireland itself is changed. Like there's there, That's where the customs checks are happening right now. The DUP, the unionists who want to unite with the UK, are not a fan of this. Mm. And so they've refused to go into government in Stormont, the devolved assembly of Ireland, uh, until the, this deal is changed. The problem is, there is no solution to this. Yeah. You cannot, unless unless the only solution is we rejoin the single market. It doesn't mean rejoining the whole EU. We wouldn't have to be a member. But then all of our customs would be in the same place and then the, to the same standards. Therefore, there wouldn't have to be any borders. But you either put the border down the, uh, between Northern Ireland and Ireland, and then that's the border, or you put it in the sea. There's no other options unless Ireland separates from the UK, but then or unites with the UK. But either way, there's a hard border either side mm. there. Like there, there's just no way around this, and this was always going to happen. Like this is where we get to say, "I told you so." If you voted Remain, and I couldn't vote, no, that anyone in this room could vote Remain. No. But this was always the problem. And the Conservatives, this is not. They don't care because it was an opportunity to get power, to get elected, and to have this dog whistle like campaign against the eu and make blame all the problems that they were creating in the country on the eu and it's just the poor people of northern ireland and the situation they've created for them is just absolutely terrible and johnson has been you know briefing to the press his his aides have been saying um because there's there's talk of a deal where um rishi sunak might um back off of this protocol and the ability of the uk to unilaterally that means on our own drop out of the deal which would be a calamity because basically it means that we would stop having the customs check between yeah. the UK and Northern Ireland. But then 
that's gonna the EU are not going to allow that because their single market is very very important to them because all the goods in the EU circulate around that single market. So it's a real real sticky situation we've got ourselves into, and it's it's entirely manufactured and we've created this problem. But Sunak is on a deal to try and sort out some of the issues with customs checks between the UK and the EU, um, and the UK and Northern Ireland because of it. Um, but Boris Johnson is saying we shouldn't water down Brexit, uh, and he said we must not abandon it in the press over the weekend. Breaking news! Oh, okay. breaking news! Do with this. Um, Sunak confirmed today that MPs will vote on the proposed Northern Ireland Protocol deal. But the it, the, the problem doesn't change. Yeah. I think all it is is that they're backing off the UK's ability to unilaterally. From from the briefing that I've read before before this breaking news, we're losing the ability to unilaterally get out of the Northern Ireland Protocol, which we couldn't really do anyway otherwise it would just completely stop trade and it would just really fuck up our economy even more than they already have this whole thing is very frustrating because we're talking about two things two very important issues like jeremy corbyn and anti-semitism and brexit and it just feels like we have gone nowhere in what seven like probably like 10 years like it's just it's so Political frustrating there's so much well. going on and we cannot move past no. these stupid arguments like why did we leave the eu it's just stupid and it's and it was all for boris johnson and his mates to advance their careers and blah blah, blah. they've done that they fucked it up like can we rejoin now please like you've had your fun yeah i'm bored of this like it's very frustrating and the conversations we're having at the moment instead are about like roll doll books being censored oh. and stuff and i was going to put it in today's show but i genuinely just could not like be asked to bring it up because these issues actually affect people's like, lives there's there's problems like inflation the strikes all these things are going on and this is what this is why they do it this is the culture war to try and get us off the topics that i'm not sure i like politics <laughs> just saying. i don't like this anymore that's my hot um, take on our the last little bit of um, kind of hard news and then we'll go to nicholas sturgeon is uh, biden went to kiev it's the anniversary the biden. day you're hearing this the 24th of february is the year anniversary of the war um it's a symbolic visit but it is quite a big symbolic visit because obviously the u.s presidential security is like tantamount they're yeah. mad about it so the fact that he's made the decision to go and has gone to Kiev on an active war zone uh, is is very brave and it sends a massive signal of Western support towards Ukraine. Um, it comes a couple of weeks after Zelensky visited the UK asking for more supplies and planes, which we've given them now. I think we've given them a couple more planes, but the majority of the support has come from Germany and the US sending more tanks. Uh, and there's apparently at the moment there's proxy diplomacy taking place between Russia and Ukraine, but there's not currently a peace deal because to have a peace deal you'd have to agree Russia would either have to give up have to give up terror um, Ukraine would have to give up territory to, to Russia which Ukraine doesn't want to do but Russia also doesn't want to like have back out of a war that it started mm. so it's just a sticky situation it's but shit. Um, it's a year anniversary the day you're hearing this if you're hearing listening on Friday when the pod comes out is it's been a year since the war in Ukraine so mm. just remember this war is ongoing and there's you know it's still these are the issues that matter. That's what yeah. we're trying yeah, to like talk about the issues that actually matter today. We're not going to talk about. But obviously, Brexit does matter. It's just frustrating that yeah. it's an issue because it shouldn't have ever yeah. been. I a would thing. I would exactly. say that like not to compare it to Ukraine, but like there is peace in Northern Ireland that is being yeah. stabilized, and that is and we're exactly there mm. was a there was an active civil war happening there, and we've destabilized. We're we're potentially destabilizing it for what benefit? So that Boris could be. But he's not even prime yeah, minister anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, <sighs> anyway, right. anyway um, let's have a little break and then um, come when back we come and back. talk about yeah. Scotland. Nicholas Sturgeon.
So, moving up to Scotland now. It's been quite a drastic week in in Scotland. I think that's better to say as well. Yeah. Um, Nicola Sturgeon has resigned. Sorry to shock everyone. Aww. What? But she resigned. She has resigned. But why? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. But um, yeah, it was a bit unexpected. It was so unexpected. We didn't. We heard it live. Mid pod last, last week. Ep- if you, the last, if you episode. To the last episode on a Wednesday pod. in half time. Exactly. Unbelievable. On a Wednesday of all days. <laughs> um, on that, the week before Pancake Week. Pancake Week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was outside Cozy Club today, and apparently, it's Pancake Day is from. Friday last week to yesterday. So it's I think that's just week. Cozy Club trying to sell pancakes for longer. Oh, maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know. I so, don't who pancakes. is Nicola Sturgeon? Who thought I'd be the one trying to go back from the tangent? Um, <laughs> so, Nicola Sturgeon it was the leader of the SNP in Scotland. That's the Scottish National Party. And um, she is... Is she still... Yeah, she's still uh, the leader until... Until the next one, yeah, which yeah. I believe gets announced on the 28th of March. Yeah, wow. it does. Um, Who knows this stuff? This this is a fun fact that I read yesterday because I prepared this segment. You're welcome, everyone. Um, she said that Margaret Thatcher inspired her to get into politics, not for the reasons we think. It was because she hated everything she stood for, yeah, and that. Um, that was the reason she That's had to get me into with politics. Donald Trump. So I thought that was quite fun. She's been in the Scottish Parliament since the opening, so in 1999. Um, she ran to be leader in 2004. Um, but then Alex Salmond ran as well, and he won. And so he was like, oh, sorry, but you can be my deputy. And so she was. Um, and then he stepped down in 2014, and then she became the leader, and she's been the leader um, ever since. And, yeah. And they have they won a landslide victory in the general election in 2015, um, winning 56 out of 59 seats. So just generally trying to like she's um kind of improved the trajectory i guess of, of the SNP extraordinarily like, successful yeah yeah and she's made them the success that they are today and yeah so i think it's proven by the fact that i really like her like yeah. i think she's a really yeah. excellent politician We're if talk i about could that i think her in westminster yeah mm. no same but, <laughs> but then also i do not agree <laughs> with like i don't want scotland to be independent really no. i want rather the union state but also like and so that idea of like nationalism and then me i, I don't really i'm not a fan of it but the fact that i like her i think proves that she's just an integral and powerful politician but i think we're going to talk about that in a minute yeah and the fact that that because sh- so she basically said she's d- done a bit of a jacinda ardern and just said that she can't not enough in the team yeah she well she said that she could keep going but there's just she's done what she feels is enough and she can't do like deliver anymore she can't do anymore for independence like they've had the um referendum it didn't work they've tried again blah blah blah. she's tried everything she thinks she can and she's just seen that like she is not she doesn't want to run it to the ground and i think that that is something that is so admirable when people politicians just carry on for the sake of it and i think that that yeah and i think she's leaving with integrity and like respect and, and people like her and i think that that is very it should be the norm but it's not and so yeah, yeah. also leaving with enough time given to the next leader to yeah. be able to yeah. come up against a few challenges at least before the next general election to prove themselves to yeah, the completely population which i mean i'm not saying it's a template for how you should maybe be the leader of a party but i think you'd be hard missed to find like other than like mark drakeford uh, just another astonishing leader that's just like 
mm. actually cares about their country yeah, and I agree. can actually say that they've left mm. office improving it. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I think also it's the same like for that we're going to come on to in a minute the, the kind of issues for the next leader and who they are and like who the potentials are. But they have a, it's not, she's not really unpopular and she's leaving because the party's forced her out because they're mm. mo- like unlikely to win. Like they're, they're worse off without her because she's really, really popular. Yeah. And um, the SNP get a kind of, um, that their MPs, they, they win basically every single seat in Scotland in general elections at the moment. Um, but it's partly due to, the, to the, lack, the lack of population in those in those seats in terms of actual votes. They don't get that many specifically, but they often win a, an actual majority of the mem- constituents. So it's, it's quite confusing. It's just how our system works. But yeah. And a massive reason for that popularity is her and the, the way that she's led this party with integrity and stood on issues that she believes in. And she's so... It's kind of steadfast in those values that she doesn't yeah like, like unwavering in, in what she wants to do and even if you I think that's part of the respect isn't it because like yeah. even if you don't agree with her and I don't yeah. agree with her on a few things but you but always the fact that she just sticks by them yeah you know exactly what she stands for exactly what she's going to do the predictability like well I suppose this is quite unpredictable but mm. you know like it's just it's quite refreshing to just have someone who is just a, a good politician like it's so it's annoying that we have to say this that like sh- she just is good at her job. Like she also like she doesn't give up when the going gets tough. Like she knows what she believes in. One thing yeah. that I personally have a lot of admiration for her for is the incredibly controversial gender recognition yeah. bill, which of course has dominated the Scottish Parliament and politics in the last few months. And she stayed steadfast in her support of the bill. She has not wavered. She has not conceded anything, and instead. She did, like, it's important to say, she got it through. She got it through cross-party support. And even with Section 35, she wants to fight that in the Supreme Court. She wants to be able to Mm. challenge that. And she's not wavering, even when this is an issue that, to be fair, looks like it might have damaged her. It definitely expended a lot of political capital. It could have been the thing that pushed her over the edge to make her want to resign. But she did clarify and say, it's not because of that. And I still believe in it. And that has a lot of respect This is the thing, like, she's taken a lot of headwind and we're going to talk about in a minute about yeah. some of the other candidates and their positions on this specific issue but the fact that she was so you know her big thing is independence obviously she's been campaigning for that her whole time and after failing to win the 2014 referendum the SNP were in a very very difficult place yeah. because they just lost their their number one argument right and they lost it by quite a lot like it was like yeah. five or six percent uh, extra in the way of uh, remaining in the UK um I was going to say you there. God, I wish. Um, But so she's managed to revitalize this party, which we knew everyone kind of thought that once in a generation referendum. And they're, they're, you know, knocking on the door of Westminster, basically saying, like we discussed it before on the show there, they want to have a referendum, but Mm. Westminster's taken the power back. She's really harnessed this Scottish nationalist spirit in, I think, a very, very positive way. Because there's, you know, there's, if, if nationalism can be a positive force, it's this form of nationalism where you stand for what you believe in and you believe that, local government can do the job better than big national governments can. Did and that's what she's doing. Yeah. And then she's and exactly and uh, she's been a really powerful advocate for that and her opposition to um the Tory government has been like it's it's she's been the best opposition leader since Blair was in opposition. And she's b- and she's not a Labour Party politician. It's just depressing that the the best um alternative candidate is in the Scottish Nationalist Party that we can't vote for and I don't agree with the main policy of. It's just, she's been such a 
she's done the thing that Labour Party haven't done, which is the moral outrage at the depravity of this current government. Yeah. When the Rwanda flights were yeah. on the tarmac about to take off, Labour Party was saying it shouldn't leave it, but because it's illegal. Mm. They weren't arguing about the morality of she it. Always, yeah, she always has a reaction to, like, an appropriate reaction to the outrageous shit that the government does. Exactly. And the Labour Party are like, me, I don't know. They and they're exactly. They're, yeah. like, trying to be all, like, oh, let's talk about like, the facts and stuff. But she's just yeah, got yeah, the yeah. emotional response like, of this is awful. Yeah. And the way she handled Donald Trump and the way that they, they spoke about him, she was like, she's, he's, he's not welcome in Scotland. I don't care if he's a president. And after he became, after he was no longer president and she was asking if he would be allowed into the country, she said he wouldn't be because he doesn't get to be. Also, with the strikes, there's a reason you haven't really seen Nicola and it's because her government sorted it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Had the talks. Yeah. Wait a minute. Government negotiated. can doing sort something? problems. What? There were the bin strikes that I think. Yeah. Oh, in Scotland, issue, in Edinburgh, they were resolved in the summer. Mm. Yeah, they sorted that out quite quickly. But um, doing something very <laughs> unfeminist. Bailey, would you like <laughs> to talk about Nicola Sturgeon and feminism? <laughs> <laughs> Tough time. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to talk about this. <laughs> um, well, like I, Bailey, our voice of feminism. Yeah, <laughs> as you should be. Don't let me speak. I am a, a woman. Man. Should shut up. <laughs> no. Um, no. You, you passed it to him you because can't. I've I've written <laughs> down. This is uh, w- what I've written in all caps: feminism! Exclamation mark over to For Bailey. For the complete record. Emily made this bit entirely on her own. Hey, a good woman (laughs) knows how to delegate. So, right. uh, Well, I, as a man, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, I have. uh, (laughs) I'm really sorry. I made this really difficult. (laughs) I didn't know. Right. I will say, like, Nicola Sturgeon's been criticised with regards to the Gender Recognition Act, saying that she's anti-woman. However, I think, like, like if you look at the policies that she's done, like. The fast tracking and focus on actually getting real sexual assault legislation and like preventative and social care with regards to that issue in place, absolutely outstanding. Baby boxes um, yeah. for all mothers that are having um, kids. I also think it's worth saying the fact that she addresses drugs, drug deaths, and drug yeah, addiction that's a massive, in massive Glasgow, problem which is Scotland, a huge right? issue in Scotland. And they're dealing with it in a compassionate it's way yeah it's a it's public health issue not a public a crime health issue. Yeah. approach what rather than like i mean you've seen the amazing movie train spotting i, I have seen train spotting it's yeah. like you know gee i don't know a lot concrete to say but from everything that i've seen like she is a figure of steadfast compassion and deliverance yeah. and I think she's going to be missed. I mean, she's been around since David Cameron, so. Yeah, yeah, and she's been around a long time. All of these wonderful people. Like, I, 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 again, I don't agree with her on some of her most important issues, but she's she just is refreshing. a good politician and she cared about her constituents and she fought for what she believed. And if you can't, like, just the respect I have for her and the respect I have for people like her and Jacinda Ardern, and they're just, they're leaving. It's just so sad because we're left with the ones, the craven people who just want power. And I do think Keir Starmer is a decent person and I hope in this situation he'll do the same thing. But these aren't the politicians we're being left with mostly. They're mostly people like Donald Trump who I are just desperate to hold on to power I and coming back in 2024. Keir Starmer's had enough time now to prove that he is a bit wet. Like, if he, wa- if he was going to be a Nicola Sturgeon-type opposition, he would have done it by now. There's so much he could have critiqued. There's so much he could have said. There's so it's much he could have done. literally with the, the time, strikes, with the gender just recognition like, He's act. just not saying mm. anything. And with at the, the beginning, At the beginning, yeah. I thought it was maybe a bit of a tactic, like, let the Conservative Party just 
like fall on their own ass and just like let them I- implode and just kind of not say anything. Mm. But now it's just annoying. And I think it's an element of both, definitely. And it's just anyway. So Nicholas Sturgeon, if you're listening, we love you and we're sad. And like, please can we come to your leaving party? That would be really nice. <laughs> also, and we love come Scotland. on the pod. We'll bring the pod yeah. up. To we'll bring to the Scotland. pod up to, to Scotland. Who's who's? Yeah. yeah, do it. Nicholas Sturgeon isn't going to be leader anymore. So there are some key issues in Scotland that are. The main things for the next leader to think about. Um, I've got three. Oh, no, I've got four. It's just on the next page. So the first one is obviously independence. They are the the party for Scottish independence. Um, they had a referendum in 2014. It didn't go their way. Um, but Nicola Sturgeon was saying, we've, I think we've talked about this before, but she was saying that she wanted the next general election to be a de facto referendum um, on independence, and she was going to use it like that. Yeah. Um, because they did they did have a campaign quite for a second referendum, but it got blocked by the courts. Mm. So Nicholas Sturgeon said, "Fine, but this is what we're going to do." Well, that's all they can do, to be fair. Yeah, like, they can't. They can't. Like and they can't call a referendum. Some yeah. some SNP members weren't happy about this. Um, and but Nicholas Sturgeon, you know, she stuck with her beliefs, and some say that is why she's um left now is because this was causing a bit of an issue, like a bit of. Um, yeah, so that is a problem for the next for the next leader, whether, how they're going to stand on this, whether they're going to take the next general election as a de facto referendum, whether they're going to try and do another referendum. Anyway, that's an issue. So that's the first one. Number two, gender reform. Um, so Nicola Sturgeon was pro the gender recognition reform bill, which passed, and we've spoken about this before too, but it got blocked by Parliament, long story short. Um, and Nicola Sturgeon said she was going to challenge it in the courts. Um, however, s- some polls have said that this isn't a popular policy issue and people are more concerned with other things. So there is... S- some people are just saying that the next leader will just shelf this and, and move on, mm-hmm. which it's a take. Um, <laughs> so that's something for the next leader to think about. Yeah. Another another thing is our favourite topic, strikes. Woo-hoo! Um, teachers, universities, NHS, rail, civil servants, firefighters, blah, 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 bin men um, are all threatening to strike. But in Scotland, they have dealt with it quite well. They've they've come up with um, lots of, what's the word, solutions, I guess. Um, and, yeah, because devolution has meant that these are the um, Scottish Parliament's yeah, problems. Yeah, they, they can increase, fu- like, pe- yeah. wages and stuff and on they their have own. And they have been dealing with this much, much better than... Westminster. So it it is obviously an ongoing problem, but it's less of a problem in Scotland than it is here. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the fourth point is just that, that Nicola Sturgeon is kind of... She was leader for eight years, deputy for seven. She's just done. Fair enough. Good for her. So the important question is, who will replace her? I think there's, there's no one as experienced um, in... Politics, especially in, no s- like in Scotland, there's no as Joe her. Biden. In this there's place. no obvious. I mean, you have Swinney, but he's ruled himself out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's a bit surprised that Swinney didn't. Yeah. Um, so who have, who have we got anyway? We've got Kate Forbes, Woo. who is um, the finance secretary. Uh, she was first elected in 2016, but so that's quite recent. But she's moved up. Can I just say that my woo was ironic about based on what you're about to hear? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure Adam read the notes. <laughs> I did. I I just so it was an ironic woo. Um, go, like so yeah, she's the finance secretary. Um, she said she would not have voted for the gender reform bill, and uh, like taking this even further by saying she would not have voted for gay marriage legis- legislation. Let's not give people rights. Well, woo. Which 
it just shows. I think it shows the the kind How of. How is she a member of the SNP? Well, this <laughs> is what I was going to say. Like the division within the party, you'd think so, like. I don't know. I just, yeah. It's just it's annoying. It's bad. So it's really, really poor. Moving on know. from Kate Because she, she said it's because she's too, like, she's a, it's not part of her faith that she's yeah, yeah, she's quite religious. a man and a woman. It's not a theocracy, is it? It is a democracy. And I don't know. I don't think we should be in the business of repealing rights that have been won. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. The US Supreme Court would disagree. Mm. True. <laughs> it's a good thing we aren't the US Supreme Court. They're good. not us. They're not us. And we are not them. <laughs> Uh, we are US. any politics. We it's are. an opinion show. <laughs> yeah, so really the about. next, the next possible replacement is Ash Reagan, Ooh. not Ronald Reagan. No. <laughs> <Ash. back. laughs> I'd laugh if he just turned away going. Look, <laughs> new. <laughs> um, right. So Ash Reagan was community safety minister, but quit because of the gender reform bill. Wow. Um, so that's fun. Uh, she supports <laughs> the de facto referendum in the next election. I'm not sure what Kate For- how Kate Forbes feels about that. What, the gender reform bill? No, 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 the, the de facto referendum in the next election issue. I think, I don't know what I can't that. remember. I think it was a maybe... We'll fact check that. Tight lip there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe she's not said anything. I did do quite extensive... There's a quack Adam quack coming in at yeah. any moment now. Uh, yeah, wait for the quack. Have you heard it yet? Hello, here's your here's your little fact check. Uh, Ash Reagan has announced an uncompromising plan to win Scottish independence. Uh, she hasn't said specifically whether or not she'll make the next election a de facto referendum on Scottish independence, but she has said she would be willing to invite Alex Salmond, the former SNP leader's Alba party, to join an independence convention with the SNP if she became leader. So... Uh, she hasn't said specifically whether or not she'd support uh, the next general election's main manifesto pledge being to be Scottish independence, like um, Nicola Sturgeon did, but she also hasn't said that she wouldn't support that. <laughs> oh, there it is. Ash Reagan has the hardest position on independence out of all the candidates, feels the most strongly about it, um, and has not really said anything formally, but has made some tweets. Um, which we can't see because Adam got <laughs> us... <laughs> this is the end of the story. <laughs> we'll um, there we've been logged out of Twitter and we can't get back in. Sorry. Uh, so Sorry I've got guys. to do some admin. admin, admin. Anyway, yep. Hamza Yousaf is the last... We actually... This is a non-ironic woo. Woo. Yeah, I think like he's Hamza the best. I like if him. I had to pick, which I don't, but I will, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for Hamza because so he's the current health secretary and... So what we were talking about, the strikes, is that he's the most experienced out of the three, but he's done the job in Scotland of preventing NHS strikes, and he um, reached a deal last week. And so he's proven that he is competent in tackling the issues of today. Yeah. Um, he has ple- he's So he wants to... He, he's the, um, the, w- the candidate that would bring the most consistency from Nicola Sturgeon, so yep. he's, pre- he's pledged to take legal action to defend the gender reform um, and... So he's saying he wants to carry on Nicola Sturgeon's legacy, but he wants he wants to take a more gentle approach to independence because he, he's said that he thinks it's something that's going to take more time than yeah. Nicola Sturgeon was willing to give it. So he wants it to become more of a grassroots movement and not kind of the politicians going like down people's... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I w- I'd go for him, Scotland, if you're listening. Um, Hello. But... <laughs> But yeah, so Ooh. the new those are the three main candidates at the moment. There might be someone else, but 
The new leader, as Bailey said, will be announced on the 27th of March. Candidates have until the 24th of Feb, which I think is the day this podcast comes yeah, out. So, so there might be a couple more candidates by the time um, this. Yeah, and the ballot opens on the 13th of March. And so, yeah, that's the news in Scotland. That's the news in Scotland. Um, just want to say... Go on. Just farewell to Nicholas Turgeon. Thank you for oh yeah. your job. Yeah, so... That's all the news. That's our... That's our news, yeah. We're going to come week. back and we're going to get... Um, some <laughs> some some Telegraph takes um, when we return. Exciting! Welcome back to Any Politics. We're in the we're in the fun bit of the episode Yay! now. The fun bit <laughs> where we this is what I'm here for. And I'm, this is what you're got here a for game, too. But I've actually just changed it in my head just now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read you most of a headline of an okay. opinion piece in the Telegraph. You have to guess the word that's missing or the couple <gasps> of words or the phrase that's missing. This we might is have played a variety of this from week. before. Yeah. And I'm here um, for have it. Have I got news for you? Have I got news for you? Yeah, it's like that, but I'm not going to black it out and you don't get visualized. So what extremism destroyed Nicola Sturgeon and Scottish independence? Uh, I have some notes from the article, which I will okay. to try and help you guess. Uh, the first minister's failures should have seen her gone long ago, but it was Sunak who precipitated her downfall. Sturgeon wanted 16-year-olds to be able to change sex, the sex on their birth certificate without a ben- medical diagnosis. This meant, amongst among other, this is this sentence is really bad. This is a quote from the article. This meant, among much other madness, that rapists who declared themselves to be women could be ho- housed in female prisons. So number one, a vile take, terrible take, bad, yeah. bad, bad, and bad, we've bad, bad, bad. What the word but is. what is what kind of extremism destroyed Nicola Sturgeon and Scottish independence? One word. I thought this was going to be like funnier, so I was about to say iron brew. Shortbread extremism. Iron brutalism. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and then you read all of those, and I was like, I can't, I, I can't be funny. Now. Well, you still made the joke. It's fine. Yeah, but the joke you, you no, because the only way to get rid of these, it. we have to disinfect these ideas. Like they're they're a vile and abhorrent. So if we just make fun of them, then it's like these, these people yeah. don't deserve any. It's one word. One word. What kind of extremism? Uh, silly, goosery. Silly, goosery. silly goosery. Silly goosery. Silly goosery. Extremism. Um, is it just like gender? Just guess. You, you, so you're guessing gender. What's your word? LGBT. LGBT. No, it's woke. Oh, of oh, course. It's their favourite word. I sleep. It's those woke extremists. Woke extremism. Um, there's another one on this theme. I've tried to keep the takes on the theme. The woke failed to something something. They will not inherit the earth. That's the take. Uh, the woke failed activists to employ methods straight out of the Marxist playbook, but they just re- represent themselves, not the TV masses. So what did they fail to seize? The Telegraph accuse young people of being woke, right? So I'm saying they failed to wake up because... <laughs> <laughs> so woken up like I'm, I'm going to say get a Jimmy's kebab. They failed to get a Jimmy's kebab. Yeah, because yeah. we're young and we're just hungry little... So there's a, there's a, there's a confusing there's a confusing and um, girls and they thems <laughs> there's a confusing duality between these two takes here because it's the work failed to seize Scotland but I thought it was the work extremism that brought down Nicola Sturgeon think so I is think it yeah is I'm not sure there's any consistency I think to read the Telegraph you do need to turn your brain off yeah to enjoy if the wokeness is is at the top of Scottish government to bring her down. 
It must be in Scotland. Thus, it must have seized Scotland. Yes? Everyone in Scotland <laughs> is currently awake. There's no sleep on that. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> Scottish <laughs> sleeping yeah. right now, please let us know. Um, How would they let us know if they're asleep? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you slept? <laughs> and then we've got one more, fi- one more final take, which is genuinely a bit more lighthearted. Um, and it's not about Scotland and awful what? people. No, I um, want it to be about Scotland. A something dress code is the last thing the agenda-driven BBC needs. Slutty. the bbc has a trust problem and getting its reporters to dress as if they've just returned from the garden center won't fix it what kind of dress code is it now a garden center dress code a gardening dress code i mean i'm imagining welly boots like an apron (laughs) gardening gloves i'm gonna say cbb's like you have like (laughs) tinky winky yes maca paca like rocking up to like dungarees crime scenes yeah yeah they're just there they're just like oh so you're, you're going for CBB's dress code. I'm going slutty dress code. Slutty dress Come code. on, Laura Koonsberg. It is sweaty and dirty dress code. Sweaty and dirty? Is that a dirty? dress code? The is attempting to become less formal. Is that a dress code? Sweaty and dirty? Apparently, this is the internal documents. But also, sweaty and dirty. the fact that the telegraph... more realistic and visceral. How do they... Like, report in the news. What if you're a journalist and you're neither like sweaty nor dirty? Suit. Is there a designated so sweater and dirty? Get someone's rub it on your face. Quick question. So they're saying so it's sweaty and dirty, but the telegraph's example of somewhere... Where you would be sweaty and dirty is the garden, garden centre. Yeah. yeah, that's the. This is the most middle well, like class. Like who? No, but like, it's like why Percy Jackson? <laughs> why is the garden centre sweaty and dirty? Like you can go unsweaty and Maybe clean. Maybe they think you garden at the gardening centre. No, yeah, that's, that's like someone whose gardener goes yeah, in gardens, exactly. and like he only sees his gardener as like a sweaty and dirty yeah, man. So he's like, like, what are they doing control. in the garden centre? That is potting. Like, no, but like you just buy stuff. It's we a shop. We should look into this as an investigation. What are they doing <laughs> in the garden? Center? I what? Um, like yeah. say the gym. Say the gym. Th- I'd say that's a sweaty and dirty place. <laughs> no, but like you don't look dirty from the gym, I don't you? F- you look sweaty though. For anyone with any better sweaty or dirty locations, let us know. Yeah, please let us know. Where's sweaty and dirt that you want to be <laughs> on yeah. the BBC after? Um, yeah, that's our show for today. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for listening. Yeah. A very. Um, it was cool. an interesting episode. It was an interesting episode. You know. Um, I think uni's getting burning. Yeah, bear with us. It's getting <laughs> tough right now. It's just uh, mid- mid- best, middle guys. of the semester. It's, uh, it's getting tough. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Um, see you next see week. You. Bye. A&E Politics is hosted by Adam Wright and Emily Gray. The guest today was Bailey. A&E Politics is produced by Adam Wright. A&E Politics is a University Radio Bath production.